All right, Matthew chapter 20. Father God, bless this morning. Let us hear. We've been looking at how to love those that maybe we don't know we need to be loving on. I'm just going to read. We've not read. I didn't read it last week. Let's read it this week. Matthew 20, verse 30. It says, two blind men were sitting by the roadside. When they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Verse 32. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. Verse 33, Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Verse 34, Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. So just to recap very quickly, I don't want to take long with this, but these guys are on the side of the road. That's significant that they weren't on the road, they're on the side. They have been moved to the margins. The word that I've been using for this message has been marginalized. People in your life that are marginalized, that have been over to the side that you're not even noticing anymore. They're shouting, they're yelling, and the people are saying, be quiet. Stay over on the sides and be quiet. But Jesus stopped, right? He stopped, he went to them, um, he responded to them, he answered them. And I want you to know that there are people in your life that are on the roadside. And maybe we're just not noticing them, but more than likely we are the ones that are saying, hey, behave. And what happened when when the crowd told them to be quiet? They got louder. Do you remember where we started? Number one, listen for clues that people are in pain. Don't miss the message. And let me say it even better. Don't miss the opportunity. These are opportunities that the Lord is giving us to be Him. What's the point of us walking the earth? To be Him. To have Christ in us and to offer Christ to the lost. I had an opportunity this week. I'm not going to share about it because it's personal and I don't want it to be on the the recording and that person hear it and then realize that I'm talking about them. But we have opportunities, opportunities that I did not see coming. It was in an area that I would have never expected to have a chance to minister to them. I didn't really get where I needed to get to with them, but I'm praying for another chance. Or I'm praying that I sowed enough seed that someone else, when they go to harvest that seed, that person's ready. Look for these opportunities. Now, just a few verses. Look for clues that people are in pain. Let me just read you one quick scripture to support this one. If you shut your ears to the cries of the poor, your own cries will be ignored in your own time of need. I don't know about you, but I like my answers, my prayers to be answered. I want to encourage you. we got a healing service coming up the uh, first Sunday of November. just going to happen right here in service. It's going to be worship and prayer and healing. And uh, in my encouragement, our Sunday school class and the worship team have been praying for different areas for years. Last couple years. And God is answering those prayers. Big, small, impossible, not impossible. But he's answering our prayers. Those that are in our class and on the worship team, I think, can all confirm. People are getting jobs. People are getting houses. People are getting breakthroughs. People are getting relationships restored. So I believe God's going to move in us obeying his word for healing. 
One of the things that follow, those that, that uh, follow Christ, are healings and miracles and breakthroughs. So let's position ourselves for God to move. That's what we're doing, not this next Sunday, but the next Sunday. So tell people and come and believe. We're going to be believing. We're going to obey God's word and we're going to see people get healed. Somebody say amen. All right, number two. Step two. Stop what you're doing at that moment. I don't know if you noticed, but Jesus was walking down the road and he was going somewhere. He had purpose, he had a plan. But these people started shouting. And what did it say? Can I just go back and just read and not put it on the screen? They were shouting, Lord, uh, Son of David, have mercy on us. Crowd rebuked him. Jesus stopped and called them. Jesus stopped. Everybody say, Jesus stopped. So stop what you're doing. Matthew, verse 20. Yeah, let me put it up there. When Jesus heard their cries, he stopped. He stopped in his tracks. No forward motion. Right here in the middle of the road, he stood standing there perfectly still. He heard a cry that no one else heard. I want, to, I want This morning, I want to just continue to encourage you. I believe that you're crying out and you feel like you're not being heard. I want you to know if you're crying out to the Lord, you are being heard. It's a promise that God hears his children when they cry. God is a God who hears Jesus was spiritually tuned in, and he knew what to be listening for. A lot of people write about uh, Jesus. There's lots of books about his steps, but what I want to talk about is where he stopped. Not where he went, but where he stopped what he was doing. Because if I want to be used by God, I must get used to being interrupted. Now, if you want to do your own thing, then just keep on going, not allowing yourself to be interrupted. But if you want God to use you, not only are people going to interrupt you, but God's going to interrupt you. Because I can tell you, my plan, sometimes God's got a different plan. And sometimes he starts waving on the side of the road, and I'm just not listening. I'm driving too fast, and I'm going too hard, and I got the music up too loud. I listen to audiobooks. Got them up too loud. If I want to be used by God, I must, be, I must get used to being interrupted. And those that know me know this is not natural for me. I do not like to be interrupted. Ever. Not by anyone. Very selfish. That's a very selfish way of thinking. But God comes to you so many times in your interruptions. And the opportunity to show love comes not in the scheduled things in life, but in the interruptions. That's where love shows up. So Jesus stops. You've got to stop at that moment. Why? Because the number one destroyer of mercy is busyness. At least in my life. When I lack the most mercy, it's when I am too busy. When I can slow down and listen, I, I hear, when I can hear people's pain, I respond. But the problem is most of the time, I don't hear it. I can even be in the conversation, and I don't hear it. Do you hear me? Can you slow down this morning long enough to hear? I can tell you, I can sit through a sermon and not hear any of it. 
nod and take notes and amen and miss it. But the Lord, as I believe, is trying to say to you, watch how, let me just speak as though the Lord would speak, watch how I walked down this road and watch how I responded to those over here shouting. And watch how the world responds to those that are shouting. The problem is we sometimes tend to just want to team up with the world. And we miss the opportunity. Are you too busy to care? Mercy begins with awareness. You realize somebody's in pain, your family, your neighbor, you're at work or at school or wherever, and I don't have time for this. I'm not a big rhymer, so i got to be careful, but if you want, I'm going to mess it up. If, if you care, you'll be aware. Can something click with you this morning? It's the second step. First you listen, then you stop. Because busyness kills compassion. It's the death of kindness. It's the death of mercy. But Jesus just stopped. Now I'm assuming that you're here because you want to know God's truth for your own life. I think that's why we come to church is because we realize we need something. You could have just stayed home. You could have just watched TV or gone and played golf or done a thousand things. So I want to believe that you're here today because you're searching. I don't know about you, but I love truth, even when it hurts. If I know I'm believing a lie, I love to know the truth. Sometimes I don't look like I love to know it, but down deep, I think that we all would agree knowing the truth is good. We come to, tr- to church to know the truth. Well, I want to tell you, you cannot follow Christ and lead a self-centered life. It's impossible. It's about other people. Your walk with Christ is about other people. It's about God. It's not a- just about you. But Jesus said, the more you give your life away the more you're going to realize what life is all about. The more you think of others, the more God takes care of your own needs. Look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 24. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. Philippians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say forget yourself forever. It just says notice the needs of others. It never says abandon your own needs. But notice the needs of others and help to meet those needs. You don't have to forget yourself for the rest of your life. There are some times you need to focus on you. And you can't forget yourself all the time. You can't love your neighbor as yourself and not love yourself. So he's not saying go forget yourself, but there are times you need to forget yourself long enough to help someone. That means you're doing like Jesus. He's on his way to Jerusalem and all of a sudden he hears pain and he stops. And he forgets his agenda long enough to meet that need. This is what I believe it means to be Christ-like. It means to allow God enough time to interrupt me. Yeah, I have an agenda, but God, if you want to interrupt it, I'm listening. 
give me an opportunity to show real love. I think Jesus is saying, just don't think of yourself. But just don't think of yourself long enough to miss hearing what someone else is saying. Listen for clues that people are in pain. Stop what you're doing. And step number three, look past people's behavior to see their value. These, I think, are, are kind of cumulative, but I think that it gets harder the further we go. First of all, it's hard to stop. It's hard to listen. And then it's hard to look beyond what the person's saying to really what's going on. I can tell you, I don't respond well to shouting. I don't know about you. But these two guys, the people don't know they're blind. The people don't know their background. The people don't know their pain. They're just telling these two guys, they're just seeing that these two guys are being rude. Why are you yelling? Why are you yelling in the middle of the street? You don't need to yell. You don't need to shout. Just sit down and shut up. Put a sock in it. You're being rude. And of course, you don't want to reward the rudeness. Right? Have you ever had a child throw a fit? You ever had an adult throw a fit? You don't reward the behavior. However, you don't ignore that there is something else going on. What's the problem? Blah, 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 blah. Wait. Do you notice that when, they, when Jesus went and interacted with them, they stopped shouting? Does anybody notice that? The shouting did not continue. Once they knew they had an ear, once they knew they had a voice, they could talk. The shouting is an identifier. Is that a good word? It's a symptom. Their behavior was a symptom. Everywhere Jesus went, he would hear and he would stop. He would look in the same order, after example, after example, after example, not just this one. Here in Mark chapter 10, verse 21, look what happened. So remember, Jesus stopped and he looked steadily at the man and he was filled with love for him. There is something that happens when you slow down long enough to hear someone. And I am the classic person that can be in the conversation with you, literally hear what's being said, but miss it. Because my mind is somewhere else. But when Jesus heard them, he had compassion. He had love for them. I want you to know that with these situations that I know are sometimes very, seem almost impossible, when, when you show compassion and when compassion is received, the atmosphere in the relationship will completely change. You guys, you guys hear me? But it takes a minute to get to that point, to get beyond the shouting. He looks steadily at the man. He's gazing at this guy. He's saying, how's it going? 
He zones in. He tunes in. And not just with his ears. I want you to know, go with me here. I believe that you love with your eyes too. Eye contact is so important. You know what eye contact tells the other person? I'm paying attention. You have my attention. Do you know one of the most important things, one of the most valuable things you have to give is your attention? It's not your money. It's you. I can tell you that I can have all the money in my wallet, but what I have in me is Christ in me. What I have to offer that person is so much more valuable of what's in my heart than what's in my wallet. I have Christ in me. But until I give that person that full attention, and you know what? God's a God who gives us a free will. He does not take over us and make us stand there. Sometimes I wish he would because I'm not paying attention. But when I lock in, what I now have is Christ to offer. When I'm checked out, I don't offer Christ. I offer the opposite of Christ. I offer Paul, which is pretty bad because I'm not paying attention. And really, I don't have a whole lot to offer you. Even though I'm cool and I can do this and that, I think I'm cool. Even though, even though you know, I, I give off the appearance that I've got it all together, you know, and the rubber meets the road, I have nothing to offer you. But if I will just slow down and look you in the eye, and I'm sorry making eye contact with some of you, and I'm doing it on purpose. I have Christ to offer you. I have wisdom. I have favor. I have power. There's power in my hands. When I slow down long enough to be Christ, Christ is in me. When I slow down long enough, let me tell you something, power's in the room. When I don't, There's no power. There's no power in my touch. There's no power in my words. But I have to slow down. And what will happen is if you'll slow down long enough, God will show you how to love that person. You can't keep from it because he will overwhelm you. It is his desire for you to love that person just like he did. That's why he left was so that we could love these people as though Christ were exactly here. That's why he had to leave. Because he could not do it just as a man himself and meet billions of people. There's not enough time in the day. But God as a man couldn't do it, but God as a spirit can. God as a spirit is everywhere. So I'm really getting excited even about what, what can happen tonight. Just you walking to the park, Christ is in you. You're going to get opportunities tonight. You're going to get opportunities today. You're going to get opportunities tomorrow for people to be shouting at you. Oh, God, no, I don't want that opportunity. God says, no, it's, it's me and you. I had, again, I had an opportunity yesterday in the most random of places. And it came out of nowhere. And it came out of just friendly conversation. Jesus looked steadily at the man. When Jesus looked at people, their lives changed. He healed them. He challenged them. He comforted them. And it was a look of unconditional love. How many times have you looked that way at someone? Total unconditional acceptance. It's the kind of love that a mother has with her baby. 
you know, I can't really, uh, I, I, don't, I can't relate like my wife can, but when my wife would nurse our children, she had a different look for that child. It's the kind of look that transforms people. It says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, that when he looked over the crowds, his heart broke because they were confused and they were aimless, wandering like a sheep without a shepherd. When Jesus looked at people, he saw their need, he saw their pain, he saw their hurt, he saw their brokenness, and he was broken by it. He was brokenhearted by all the people that were in pain. When Jesus looks at your pain, he's brokenhearted, and he looks at you with eyes of love. I think Brandon was even saying, you know, your past is just part of your story. God's not looking at us that way. God's looking at us as his child. When I look at my kids, I don't even think about their past. Y'all are all sitting in different places. I see you, Pete. You can sit down. <laughs> but when I, when, I, when I look at any of them, and listen, they have a past. It's not what I see at all. What I see is how much I love them. How proud I am of them. How God's got such an incredible plan that I can't wait to walk out with them. I believe that's the exact same way the Lord looks at us. You're my child. Man, I've got a great plan for you, and it's going to be so fun to walk that out with you. There's going to be challenges. Yeah, there's going to be things that we're going to go through. But I'm here. I'm with you. I would never leave you. I would never forsake you. Jesus sees your need. He looks at you unconditionally. How do, we, how do we respond when we see a crowd? Irritated? I hate traffic. I hate crowds. I hate Chick-fil-A because of their drive through <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yogi Berra once said, nobody goes there anymore because they're so busy. Some of y'all will get that later. But I hate going to Chick-fil-A because I hate crowds. I love the food. Hate the crowd. But do you see how we associate crowds? Do you know Jesus was walking and was literally getting shoved? So many people around him getting shoved and pushed. Elizabeth brought it up in Sunday school this morning. Just getting knocked around. I don't know if y'all have ever been in a situation where it's just just cattle being herded somewhere. We've been going to UT football games. I mean, it's just people everywhere. It's crazy. I don't like that part. I like to get to my seat. I like to get to my parking space. And I can breathe. Elizabeth says, you're a different person when you get parked. I am. I hate crowds. I hate traffic. Jesus was literally getting pushed. But someone of significance touched him. Someone hurting touched him. And what did he say? Somebody touched me. What did Peter say? Everybody touched you. Isn't that what he said? Basically, you crazy. Jesus. It's okay, Jesus. Just keep on going. No, 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 no. Someone touched me. Some, someone needs me. And I'm going to stop what I'm doing in this crowd and we're going to address this. A woman with an issue of blood for 12 years 
felt like if I could just touch him. That's all she wanted to do was touch and run. She didn't want to be confronted. She didn't want to be called out. She just wanted to touch him. I want you to know there are people out here in this world that are unsaved that just are looking for a touch. And those are the people that you would think are crazy because they're shouting and they're yelling and they're misbehaving and they're not acting like they should act. I want you to know someone in pain does not act like they should act. Someone hurting and their life falling apart does not know how to act. You know, a child that's not getting enough attention will do anything to get attention, whether it's love or not, just give me attention. So what do they do? They do crazy, stupid stuff. Because they will take any attention versus none. Even negative attention. Adults will do the same thing. I don't have a voice. I can't be heard. So I will, if I can at least just get you to interact with me negatively. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? What is that? That's a person with an issue of blood that needs breakthrough, that is desperate. Someone that's irritating you, just trying to get you att- your attention, is someone desperate for a touch of God. Does that kind of open the door to maybe who you've got around you that might need just a moment? You know, Jesus did not stay with the woman with the issue of blood for long. He had that moment and he was gone. It doesn't mean you've got to give your whole life. Some people take more time, some people don't. But give them the start. Let God give you the next step. Slow down. Stop what you're doing. I am the worst at it. I am with you. We are learning together. The person I think of world vision had this prayer, God, break my heart with the things that break your heart. Let my heart be broken with the things that break your heart. I think it's a great start. God, let me notice the ones that you would notice. Let me not miss the opportunities that you're giving me. Your walk as a Christ follower is to reach those in need. You're, the purpose of your salvation was not to walk an aisle and just get saved one day. It was to change your life, to have Christ in you, to make an impact on those around you. To be able to take Christ that's in you and reach those that have not got to experience him. To reach those that are hurting and, and falling apart. To heal the blind, to raise the dead, to, to see the lame walk. These are things that I expect. I expect from this point forward for us to do the things that God did. And for us to hear God and move accordingly. Not shove the people over to the side. These people, these, these two blind men in your life, they're hard to get along with. Can I use this word? They're annoying. Honestly, there are sometimes people that when I see, I'll just go to the other side of the street. Hey. I got to go. They're the people that are hurting. 
Recognize their pain. Stop what you're doing. And look beyond their behavior. That takes a lot of effort. But God is going to bless you. You may be here today. Can I just rephrase this whole thing? You may have walked an aisle and said a prayer, but you're not living for Christ. Today is the day to turn. Today is the day to get in the Word, to let the Spirit fill you, and to follow the Lord. Change your behavior. Change your direction. Be different. Church, make a change. If you're the same this year as you were last year, something's off. We should be growing together. We should be growing in the Spirit. We should be growing in our knowledge of the Word. We should be getting to know Christ and trying our best to do the things that He did. This is one step. I believe if we just do the one step, God's going to just make a way for all these next steps for us. Just take one step. Pause and care for someone. The people that you're engaged with. The people that are in your circle. You don't have to go overseas. You will encounter someone this week. I promise. Make a change. You may say, I've never even made that decision to to follow Christ. Make it today. Jesus Christ died on a cross. He bled. He was whipped. He hung on that tree for your sin. He paid your price. All he asks is that you accept it. I don't mean just be okay with it. Accept it. And believe it. How do you believe it? Begin to walk it. Begin to walk it. Begin to speak it. And you know what? You may not quite be there to be able to just completely walk it out, but just start. That's called faith. It's saying, I don't know that I really believe this, God, but I'm going to trust your word and I'm going to follow it and believe that you're going to do what you say you'll do. I don't have a lot of history to really know that this is true, but I'm going to walk it. That's faith. I'm going to walk this week according to your word, and I ask you, God, to make a way for me. If that's you today and you've never made that first-time decision, it says anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone. Except if they've got a bad past. Nope. Your past does not disqualify you from Christ saving you. To be honest with you, It qualifies you. It qualifies you. He wouldn't have needed to have died on the cross if you didn't need it and if you didn't have a past of sin. But all have sinned and fall short of God's glory, especially me. But I want you to know I'm as saved as anybody can be saved. And I have a past. But I'm saved. I'm bought by the blood of Jesus when I stand before the throne of God, he's going to say, yeah, he, he, he's not going to say this, but yeah, he is guilty. Uh, no, he's not innocent. But he is paid by my blood. He's covered. 
That one, he's covered. Because I have received Christ. He is in me. The Spirit of God is in me. And I make mistakes, but when I do, I get up and I repent. I plead the blood of Jesus and I keep walking. That's the life that we're to start walking together. Now, I'm also trying to listen and hear and have my own walk with God. I struggle. I miss it. God's a God of mercy and grace. He hears me when I cry. So let's walk. Let's get up. Let's go. Y'all stand up with me. Let's make a decision. Church, make a decision to go. Go to all nations. Baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Laying hands on the sick. Proclaiming God's word. Be the feet of Jesus. Be the hands of Jesus. Be the voice of Jesus. You have a voice. You have a powerful voice. Go out and use it. Stop using it to tear people down and start using it for Christ. There is power in your words. There is power in your hands. There is power because Christ is in you. Now, Change your behavior to be one that shows the fruit of following Christ. Make mistakes. God gave you a way to handle mistakes. Walk through it. Father God, in Jesus' name, I ask for breakthrough today. I pray over this citywide service tonight, Lord, that people would hear you that typically is not hearing you. And that goes for us. We can sit in church and not hear you. Open up our ears that we would hear. Open up our hearts that we would receive. Let us be different and God, let us be followers of Christ. Lord, bless Steve Taboo, bless um, Tom McCoy, bless the worship team that's gonna be worshiping, bless all those that are gonna be serving the people. Bless us as we're out there to serve these people. God, give us breakthrough. Give us breakthrough. But ultimately, Lord, let us, let us be found to be following you. Thank you, Lord. We just bless you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. Please stick around and have some snacks. First-time guests, not first-time guests. Everybody go out there. Let's hang out just for a minute. God bless you.